tonight the Lord has touched your heart and has turned you unto righteousness. Even tonight the Lord has shown you a way of worship and refreshing that has touched your heart. Beyond the outward, beyond the exterior, deep within the soul. Surely the Lord, your God, has begun to tug and has begun to draw you into a way of worship and praise and adoration that is in spirit and in truth. Turn not away from the wellsprings of life which God would open within your innermost being. Turn not away from these strange things that you know not and these pathways that you have not trod. For the Lord shall cause love to spring up within your heart. He shall cause a dawning within your mind and within your spirit and within your soul that shall bring refreshing. Yes, shall point a way before you that shall cause you to be strengthened, that shall cause you to rejoice, that shall cause you to have victory, that shall give you life and that abundant. Turn not away, for the Messiah, even Jesus, tugs even by His Holy Spirit this night. Hallelujah, Yarabasaya. Shindaramo, Shedarabarabasaya. We're just there. Amen. Mark the 11th chapter, and as usual, when I get up here in Prescott with this dry climate and the high altitude, I start losing my voice. So. I just have to get out on this microphone and growl at you a little bit. Why? Just keep praising the Lord. Amen? You know, it's wonderful to be able to follow in the directions of the Holy Spirit. I, I have no intentions on using this scripture last night nor tonight. But it seems like the Lord dealt with me coming up here in the car while we were traveling up from the airport use Mark the 11th chapter. And then toward the end of the service last night, I felt the Holy Spirit again. And God began to deal with me that we're going to use this later on. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord moving upon me this afternoon that this again should be used tonight. And so we want to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Amen. Maybe sounds a little bit repetitious, but the Lord can take something fresh out of the same scripture and bless it to our hearts and our lives and to where we can receive something from God greater than we've ever thought or known possible. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mark the 11th chapter, the 22nd verse. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Hallelujah. That's wonderful, isn't it? Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless His Word tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. God, we know that it's our strength and our food and our life. And by it we may be saved. 
healed and delivered and whatever we need, uh, it can come from this word of faith that God has spoken to us. And Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe it, we accept it, and we take it. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. The whole ministry of our serving God, following the directions of the Holy Spirit, is based upon one thing, and that is to be able to prove the proof of the existence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that this is what causes men to come to God when they see the reality of Jesus in you. When they see the proof of divine healing in the body of a sick man. When they see the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the body of the Lord as they minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. And our effectiveness to the world is going to be in producing that proof of Jesus Christ because Christ came to set the stage and to show us the way and to show us exactly what we were to do after He was gone. I believe our ministry should go forth just as his did. That we ought to be able to heal the sick as he healed the sick and to set men free as he set men free. God gave us this right and he gave us this power. But all of these things that we produce are produced by the power of faith. Now there comes a time in the disciple of God I believe that I can say this honestly before the Lord. When he gets to a place, and don't misunderstand what I'm about to say here, he gets to a place to where he doesn't doubt any longer. And when I say he doesn't doubt any longer, I don't mean that he's mastered faith and there's never any doubts or anything that crosses his mind. Because as long as you're in the body of flesh, you're going to have that. And you might as well know it. There's going to be the enemy working against you. But there comes a place that he has a confidence, a rest in the Holy Spirit and in the power of God that no matter what comes, no matter what's around him, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the thing is that he's facing, his trust and his confidence is God and he knows that God is going to work it out and everything is going to fall into place according to God's plan. Now when a man reaches that place, it doesn't by any means mean that he has mastered and found all of the answers to faith. Because I've gotten to the place at times when I felt like I did, and every time I get there, the Holy Spirit comes along, like we said last night, punches holes in my balloon and says, you don't have it. You don't know it. But I remember there was a thing, a, a, a doctrine, maybe I could call it that, that I've heard preached by different ones. I've read it in books. And it used to irritate me, and it used to aggravate me, because I'd heard preachers get up and say it, and maybe they were right, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Amen? The Bible says, honest confession is good for the soul. Hallelujah. And so it ought to be healthy for me tonight. But when those men would get up and they'd talk about this, it used to aggravate me, because they would get up and say, well, you don't have any faith. God imparts it to you. And... The Scripture would say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
It appeared to me that Jesus was telling those men that day when he said, have faith in God, is that you are supposed to have faith in God. Have faith. Have faith. Now I'd hear these others get up and say, now you can't have faith. It's a glorious gift of God. It's imparted unto you. It's given to you by God. It's nothing that you can have in yourself. And I would read the Scriptures again and again. The Scriptures would say, have faith in God. And it seemed to me as though that the individual himself was to manifest some kind of a belief in God and to believe the Word of God and to trust in what God had said and that in itself was faith. But you know, one day I, I, I began to read and I looked at that scripture again and that was bothering me. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And I looked it up and I found that what the original meaning was and what it was actually saying there was have the faith of God. In essence, it's almost the same thing, but yet it does put a different light upon it when you look at it in that way. Have the faith of God. Now, when we manifest faith, it is the faith of God, evidently according to the Scripture. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said unto them, Have the faith of God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now the reason why I believe a lot of people cause confusion, I think one of the reasons why I have been so confused in hearing this scripture preach, and different ones saying that God gives faith, is because individuals had taken what somebody else had said and tried to preach it and never knew what they was talking about themselves. Amen. They never went into a place of explanation to where you could see exactly what they were talking about. And so as a whole or as a result, it would bring confusion upon your own mind. I want you to think about this for a minute. Have the faith of God. Now there's where the struggle begins at the very root of the problem of faith. Absolutely having faith. Now, what does it mean to have the faith of God? God's faith. Is there a difference? When you stop and really analyze it and think about it. Is there a difference between the faith of God and between the faith of man? Well, in order to answer that, I'll probably have to excite some of you. Maybe shock you a little bit. I don't know. Some of you won't. Some of you already understand and know what I'm talking about tonight. Some of you don't. But is there a difference between the faith of God and the faith of man? You see, I've heard fellows preach also, and they've said, Now God's dealt unto us a measure of faith. And to every man, he's given every man a measure of faith. And I, I heard a fellow preach a sermon on that. And I sat there and shouted all the way through it. Praise God. Amen. He said, God's given to every man a measure of faith. And I said, Amen, brother. Hallelujah. And he went all through that saying that God has given, God has given, God has given a, a measure of faith to every man. Now, you've got it out there. You need to be saved. Just stir up that little measure of faith that God's put in you and come down here and give your heart to God. Well, you know, we can't take that scripture out of context, church. I began to read it one day and I looked at it very closely. 
I want you to listen to it for a moment. It says, For I say, through grace given unto me, thereby men that is among every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. You know, that sounds a little different. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. The measure here that God was spoken of is given unto all that obey, not to the overall spectrum of humanity. To every Tom, Dick, and Harry that walks up and down the streets. You see, the measure of faith God has given unto those who are willing to obey and follow in the directions of God's Holy Spirit. Now, we're governed, church, we're governed so often by the five natural senses in our body. You've got them, we've all got them. We smell, we see, we hear, we taste, we feel. It is so easy for a person to be able to be governed by those five things. If we can't see it, if we can't smell it, if we can't taste it, if we can't hear it, if it isn't before us, then we feel like, well, it doesn't exist because my body can't detect it by the senses that it has. Everything to the world or to a human is, is reality by the five senses. We can analyze it some way. We can see it. We can taste it. We can touch it. Scientists is always putting things in a test tube uh, and figuring it out. Maybe they can't see it with a natural eye, but they finally get it down to a microscope and they can see it. But if it doesn't exist in that realm, we have a tendency to believe that it does not exist at all. That's why Jesus spoke to Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, try as you may. You cannot understand me. You can't know me. Because Nicodemus was trying to understand God from his natural sense. He said, how can a man be born when he's old? Why, well, he said, I'm an old man. Can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto ye, you must be born again. You see what Nicodemus was trying to do? He was trying to logically understand. He was trying to figure out God by his natural senses. And it cannot be done no matter how hard you try, church. It just cannot be done. Now I want you to think on this for a moment. Here's where some of you might get a little excited at me. What means then are we saved? If you don't have that kind of a faith within your life, what means does it take to cause us to be born of the Spirit of God and to be saved? By faith? No. I heard a man preach a sermon one time, and his whole sermon was quoting the Scripture. By faith are you saved. By faith are you saved. Not out of your own, but it's a gift of God. That was the Scripture that he quoted. By faith. There is a difference between believing and faith, church. There's a distinct difference. I believe that believing is natural and faith is supernatural. You just missed a good place to say amen. Because it's the truth. Believing and faith is different. 
Faith is a supernatural force. Believing is just a natural force. You have to go back to the very beginning when God created man and see exactly what he was speaking of when God said there, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man in our image. Now, he didn't mean in any way that John Metzler is going to look like God because he made him in his image. God forbid. And you don't look like him either. None of us do. I don't believe you look like God. I've seen somebody get on this logical kick and they say God's got hands and God's got eyes and a mouth and nose and all of this and he's a man just like you are. Well, I can't buy that. Maybe someday God will punch a hole in that balloon. I don't know, but I don't think so. I just can't believe it. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. Uh, he's different than you and I. Well, what did it mean when he said, let us make man in our image? Uh, it meant that God was going to place within man uh, that God-given image, that separate little thing, uh, which is called the will, yeah. church. Nobody, no animal, no creation uh, upon the face of the earth other than the man possesses that thing, uh, the will, which is a God-given image that God has placed in man. He can choose. He has a will to go to heaven or a will to go to hell. You can choose whether you're going to live for God or whether you're not. You can make up your mind as to whether God is going to control your life or He's not. And once you've decided in your heart that He's not, God Himself cannot violate that will. He can't do it. You see, a will to act and to choose and to rule... This is the feature that makes man like God. Now think about that for a moment. You think about it. God made him with the will to accept or to choose. But you see, man violated that will in the Garden of Eden. Instead of using it properly, he had a will. God told him, he said, now you can't eat of any tree in the garden, but don't you dare touch this one tree, which is the knowledge of good and evil, because that's what I've set aside I don't want you to eat of. But man, he had a will. Now, he could do what God told him, or he could do something else. You see, an animal doesn't have that will. He doesn't choose whether he's going to go to heaven or hell. He doesn't decide whether he's going to live for eternity, or whether he's going to die and go to hell. He just lives, breathes, eats, and dies. And when it's over, it's over. But man has that will. God gave man the will. Man violated the will in the Garden of Eden, and he brought the curse of God upon him, sin, sickness, and death. Uh, all of these are the results uh, of the violation of that will that God gave man. Uh, he used it in the wrong direction, uh, and he brought that curse upon him. And I believe that everything that God has done from that day until today uh, is getting man back into that place, uh, into that position uh, where there is a communication with God and man, uh, where his will is subjected to God, uh, where a man is walking in the plan of God and he turns his will back over to God. Uh, this is what it's all about. Get man to yield the reins of his life to God. Hallelujah and to turn himself completely over. He can sit on the throne of his life and be the big eye if he chooses. He can sit there and be the big man, or he can turn that life over to God and say, God, you do it. Hallelujah. You make the adjustments. You do what is necessary because I know that the only way that I'm going to know peace and joy is as my will is submitted completely to the hand of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, then, if regeneration isn't by faith, what brings it about? Can a human heart, think about this, can a human heart reach out and fathom God through the working of His Son in the flesh? 
Absolutely not. You know, you've been saved for years and you're still finding out new mysteries about it. Can a person that's an out-and-out sinner coming into the house of God that has never seen these things or knows nothing about them come in and in the flesh begin to fathom God, the working of His Son, His death upon the cross of Calvary, His blood that was shed, and all of these things, not a bit of it. I believe the Holy Spirit comes down and begins to bring conviction upon that heart. He begins to speak to that heart. He begins to move upon that life in a way that the man himself doesn't even understand. God is supernatural and His faith is supernatural. It is real, but it comes from God. Now, when a man is in this place and he comes to the house of God and there he is sitting in the service and the message is preached, or maybe he's standing out on a street corner, somebody's preaching to him there, maybe he's being witnessed to personally and a track has been placed in his hand. He's standing there and all of a sudden that man's spirit is confronted by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to deal with that man. And he begins to speak to that heart. And he begins to tug and pull at that life. And say, look, brother, you know you're lost. You know that He's talking to you. You know that you need Christ in your life. You know that you're missing something inside. The only way that you're going to know peace is by submitting your heart to God. And all of these thoughts begin to go through that man. The Holy Spirit begins to pull upon his heart. When that happens, church, one of two things has to take place. Either that man can begin to submit his will and accept what he hears, which is his natural will force, I believe it. He can say, yes, I believe it, because God gave him a will to choose. Now, he can choose to accept it, or he can choose to reject it. If accepting it is faith, then rejecting it is too. His natural will is put into action, and he either has to say, Yes or no. God, I want you, or God, I don't. And that is the will that God has placed within that man uh, and caused him to have the right to choose. Uh, look at the Scripture. Uh, the Bible says, By grace. Here was this man. He preached that sermon and all through the Scripture. By faith are you saved. Not that of your own. Well, don't say that. It says, By grace are ye saved. Through faith, hallelujah, and not that of yourself, uh, it is a gift of God, hallelujah. Church, it's by the grace of God uh, and by His mercy uh, and by His love uh, that is bestowed upon the world today that you're able to accept Jesus Christ. Not because you have the power of faith to reach out and touch God, but because God has grace uh, and because He's merciful. Uh, even when a sinner was lost without Jesus, even when he was dead to Christ uh, in sins, uh, there was no good thing upon him at all. The grace of God was spread abroad. Hallelujah. And God had mercy upon those lives. Uh, and He gave man a chance uh, to exercise his natural will. He gave man a chance to choose uh, and to say, God, I want you. Uh, or I don't. And when man exercise that will, then grace and faith begin to happen. Hallelujah. Grace and faith, glory to God, are beautiful gifts of God that are bestowed upon the life of that individual. Hallelujah. For instance, when you came to God, 
Did you remember when you knelt down to give your heart to Jesus? You prayed, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon you, and all of a sudden you got up and you felt so clean. And you dismissed another good place to say amen. It's the truth. You felt so clean. And you know there was people that you hated. And all of a sudden that hate just seemed to vanish and disappear. You didn't hate them anymore. Come on. You didn't hate them anymore. You didn't look down on them anymore like you did. And you know there was times in the flesh that you tried not to hate the person, but you couldn't do it. You tried to live that life, and you thought, I'm not going to be this way. But no matter what you did, that hatred was there. It bound you, it gripped you, and there was nothing you could do about it. But when Jesus Christ came down and gripped your heart, when the Lord took over, when God came in your life, all of a sudden everything was changed. And that man was born again, and he became new by the power of God. Well, listen, if you could never manifest a love for another individual in the flesh or in yourself, you couldn't manifest love, peace, joy, all of that joy, no matter how hard you tried before you gave their heart to God, you couldn't muster it up. You couldn't bring it there. You tried to be happy. You'd go out and smoke pot and everything else just to be happy. Come on. There was a bunch of fellows that we were pastoring a little church over in Lamita, came and planted marijuana all around my church. <clears throat> I didn't even know what it was. And I thought it was kind of pretty, so I went out and watered it and cared for it. I'd been taking care of it for months. Had no idea what it was. Finally, there was an old fellow across the street. He came over and he was talking to me and I was wandering around the church there one day and he walked up and he looked at that and he said, why, Brother Messler? He said, that's marijuana. And I looked at him and I said, you can't be right. He said, it is. He said, I know what it is. That's marijuana. And I wouldn't already believe him, but anyway, I went into the house and I called the police department called and I told him, I said, look, I said, now I may be bringing you fellows on a wild goose chase, I don't know. But I said, somebody told me I've got marijuana growing all around my church out here. And I said, I, I want you to come and see whether it is or not. And so he said, all right, we'll send somebody from the narcotics department over and they'll check it out. So it wasn't very long, they come driving in and the fellow got out of the car and he walked over and he looked at it and he said, well, boy, he said, that's marijuana. Then he looked over to the other fellow that was with him. He said, you know, that'd be a pretty good supplement for a preacher's salary. <laughs> and then the other one said, and they were only joking, but they didn't want me to know it. The other one said, yeah, and he said, I'll bet that's the way he keeps his people happy. You know, I turned around and I looked at that old fellow and I said, brother, I want to tell you something. I said, my people are happy. But I said, happy will never come from a weed like that. I'll tell you for sure. The only way that a person can ever know joy, peace, and happiness uh, and all of the glorious things that come from serving God uh, is by giving their heart and their life to Jesus. Uh, you can try every artificial means in the world uh, and it'll never do the job. Glory to God. Do you believe that? They see some guy coming out in a drunken stupor and he's laughing and waving his hand. Somebody says he's happy. No, he's not happy. He's the most miserable person on the face of the earth. Right now he's all jacked up on that stuff and he feels like he is, but in just a few hours he's going to be back down lower than he was before he drank it. He's not happy. You can't muster that up. That's something that comes from God, church. Hallelujah. Just a few days ago, Brother Larry Reed was down with us. We were driving down the highway in that big old bus of his. 
there was a man standing in a liquor store with a bottle of whiskey, and he was paying the guy. And, G and Larry turned on the loudspeaker. He said, Brother, you got the wrong spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that guy was standing right out in the middle of Lakewood Boulevard, scared him so bad he dropped the bottle on the counter and started looking all around the store. Amen. He was looking for happiness, church, but he couldn't find it in that bottle. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do, you're never going to find joy or peace or happiness in an artificial means. All right, if you can't work up happiness, if you can't work up joy, if you can't work up love, if those things cannot come, but by God, how do we feel that we could possibly begin to work up the most powerful all gifts faith? It can't be done. You see, that's where the struggle starts in. And the whole revelation of the thing is, hear it, hear it. This is the revelation. Man possesses nothing of himself. Hallelujah. He possesses nothing from himself. All that he has comes from God. Hallelujah. It comes from heaven. We depend upon God. All of his resources come from above. It's not what we have. It's not by might nor by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Everything that we accomplish is going to be done by God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, here's the key. If everything that I have comes from God, it sure starts to make things look like it's going to be a little easier now. Before, I thought it was me. And people would come to me and say, Oh, I just, I, you know, Brother Mister, God's blessed me with a lot of things, but I can't seem to have faith. I can't believe for that. I can't do this. I want to believe more for God. I want to have faith in God. I want, But I just can't muster up that faith. I try and I try and I try. I believe that it's going to be done. And I believe that it's going to happen. And it just doesn't seem that I have the faith. No, you don't. You never will. Everything that you have comes from God. Hallelujah. This vessel is nothing more than a channel, than a tool. That's why I say so many times God does things not because of me, but in spite of me. Amen. And the more that God does in my life is not because I'm progressing so terribly much and really beginning to be a soldier that's really worthwhile. A lot of the progression that I make is getting out of the way. Amen. Praise God. We look at it as being deeper and deeper and deeper. I need deeper truths. I need to go farther into the Word. I need to do this. I need to do that. I've got to learn all these great things. Well, how much depth does it take to tell us all that Jesus died for it? How much depth does it take to witness to that life? My growth is in submitting my will to God and allowing His Holy Spirit to work through me as a channel, to reveal to me the Word of God, to open up doors that are closed, to heal the sick, to make the lame to walk, to cause men and women to be born of the Spirit of God, not in myself, but Him flowing through me. That's what it's all about. Glory to God. And when I begin to see this, and when I begin to know that it's not me, it's not my faith, but it's the faith of God, I have to have the faith of God, then the struggle ceases. I'm not fighting anymore trying to muster up faith. I'm not working so hard saying, Oh, I believe it's going to happen, I believe it's going to happen, I believe it's going to happen. Do you know that we, whether we realize it or not, 
that many Pentecostal churches have actually been trying to teach their people mind over matter. Amen. They condemn. And they're saying, now just believe it, just believe it. Don't accept it, just believe it, don't accept it. You've got to have faith, brother. Muster it up, work at it. Once I began to realize that it wasn't me, that it was God, hallelujah. It wasn't my power, but it was His. It wasn't my faith, but it was God's faith. Then the struggle ceased. It wasn't there anymore. I just began to flow with the Spirit, hallelujah. I didn't wrestle with God trying to muster up all of these things. We know that we exercise God's faith, the faith that never fails, church. Glory to God. Did you ever think about that? The Bible said in the beginning God spoke and the whole world was created by faith. He said, let it be and it was. Let the light be and it came. The animals began to breathe and to walk and to eat. All of these things was God's faith being manifest upon the world. When those lepers were there upon the face of the earth and Jesus came and touched them and the flesh began to close over those exposed bones and teeth and everything else, it was wide open because the flesh had been eaten away by leprosy. When that happened, that was God's faith. Hallelujah. When I stopped to realize that the faith that I had is not mine, but it's His. Hallelujah. The same faith that created the earth. The same faith that made men to walk. The same faith that healed the sick. Hallelujah. The same faith that raised the dead. A faith that can never fail. Woo! Hallelujah. Then you're not afraid to step out and try something for Jesus. Because you know you're not doing it. It's His. His faith, glory to God. That faith has never failed in the past and it will never fail in the future. The only time men fail is when they stop realizing their source of strength and get a little cocky and start stepping out on their own. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, what we need today is God's faith because we are a part of Him. We're a member of His family. We've been born by Him. Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Hallelujah. You see, you can't bear fruit on your own. It's impossible. It comes through the faith of God as we're grafted together by the Spirit of adoption into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Did you hear that? If ye abide in me, and if I abide in you, going right back to that measure of faith, not to those that are everywhere, but to those that are obedient, abiding, given to God in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, a part of His fellowship, a part of His life. If you're abiding in me, then ye shall ask, hallelujah, what you will, and it shall be done. Because that way we are drawing from that source of strength, which is God. And then he said, Here is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. And that's the secret of it all, that ye bear much fruit. The secret of a miracle is to cause men to see the reality of the existence of God and to believe in God, the love and the mercy. It's not just that we can show that we've got great power, 
Some people manifest power as though they feel like they're sorcerers or something. Listen, listen. I don't care if you have balls of fire dangling from the tips of your fingers. If you're not bearing fruit for Jesus, you're missing it. You're missing it. I don't care if you jump ten feet in the air. Every time I go to hold a revival, and I haven't had it much here, and the reason why is because I know your pastor. But in a lot of these places, somebody tells me how old Brother Jones, 20 years ago, got blessed and danced around and fell into the furnace and didn't even get burnt. And Deaconess jumped off of her seat and started running down the backs of the pews and never fell with both eyes closed and all this. You know, that wouldn't make any difference to me if she ran all the way to California like that. That doesn't prove a thing. The whole purpose of it all is that men shall bear fruit, hallelujah, and that they draw from God because we are part of the vine, and He he is our strength, our source, our power, our faith, and all the whole picture is evolved around that one thing, winning men to Jesus Christ. Remember, it's not your faith anymore. God showed me that truth so real. One day I felt so sorry for myself. I had the poor me's. Have you ever had those? And I got down and I was just wailing and murmuring and belly aching and carrying on. Praying to God. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I made a commitment to you when I went on evangelistic work. I was going to try and pray three hours every day. And I did. I was going to fast and I was going to do all these things. I did. Brother, I've always taken serious what I've done for the Lord. I believe it's the most serious thing that you can possibly do. But I said, God, now that I've done this, I just seem to have reached a block. I can't go any farther. And I said, Lord, I said, I'd like to fast more so that we really have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a real revival. But God, if I start fasting anymore, I'm going to starve to death. And if I spend any more time, you know, sometimes we think we spend so much time. I read about this old praying hide. He said he spent... Oh, I forget so many hours a day on his knees until he had calluses the size of silver dollars worn on his knees. You know, I was reading that book and I'd been praying and seeking God for three hours every day and I got so inspired. The first thing I did when I read it, I grabbed my pant leg and pulled it up and the fuzz wasn't even worn off yet. <laughs> Amen. At least I'm being honest with you. So if I'd spent three hours and hadn't worn out the fuzz, praise God, I don't know what some people have done. And I started praying and I said, God, I want to see your power move. I want a greater outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But Lord, I just don't know how much more I can give. God spoke back to me and He said, Son, He said, where did you get the idea that my power is dependent upon your ability to pray? And you know that hit me like a hammer right on top of my head. He said, I was in the beginning before you were ever born, and I'll be here after you're gone. All of my power is not depending upon another person, but upon God. And I am existent within myself. I can move and do as I will, when I will, and when I choose. I can cause revival to flow on your church. I can cause it to be withheld. And it's not necessarily going to be done strictly because of your ability to pray or to fast or to seek, but rather for your ability to submit that I may flow through you. Hallelujah. And don't you misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray. 
I believe that we should pray, but our praying is not necessarily to give God the power to move. Our prayer is for our own benefit. Glory to God. It's not for God's benefit. He'll make out just fine without you. But your prayer is for your own, brother, that you may draw a source of strength from God and that your life may be continually built up and strengthened and encouraged and uplifted because without that constant flow of the Holy Spirit, without drawing from God and receiving that food from God from on high, you're going to wither away and die. God will go on just fine. Know the whole truth of the matter. The prayer is not that God will start show houring fireballs through the congregation or through all of this. The prayer is to build you up and to cause you to become strong. Hallelujah. And a member in the body of Christ well nourished on the Word of God. And then when you reach that point, you have an enthusiasm to go forth and to get your old self out of the way and say, Lord, let yourself go through me. Hallelujah. That's what I want. Amen. Is to be a vessel in the hand of God. Let's lift up our hands. Let's worship Him. Worship Him. E marandoria saira. O riandama. Is there any Kleenex back there or anything? O rindaramandoria saira. O rindaramandoria saira. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, what a day that will be. Sing it with me. When my Jesus I shall see. Oh, when I look upon His face. The wonder saved me by His grace. Oh, then He takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. Oh, what a day, glorious day that will be. Sing it now. Everybody sing it. Oh, what a day that will be. Then He takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day. That oh, sing it with me one more time, everybody. Let it ring to Jesus. What a day, glory to God. Lift up your hands and sing it to Jesus. 
I want you to just pray with me for a moment because I feel the Holy Spirit here and I believe God is, is confronting hearts with the conviction of His Holy Ghost right now. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you have. But there are those of you here that are tonight that do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. When you don't know God and you're in that place, the Spirit of the Lord begins to move upon you. The conviction of the Holy Ghost. Not anything that I have done or said. All I have done is simply declare to you the Word of God and the truth. But the Bible says, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and God's working upon your life right now. He's moving, He's drawing, He's pulling, He's convicting. And when that happens, you are faced with a choice. You're going to have to make a choice tonight whether you want to or not. You say, I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to make a decision. Oh, yes, you will. Nobody's going to leave this place without making a decision. Jesus Christ is alive and He's real and He's speaking to your heart right now. You're going to decide whether you will serve Him or whether you won't. As God is speaking to your heart, that conviction, that power, the Holy Spirit. You know deep down inside who I'm talking to. I don't have to come back there and take you by the hand or do anything like that. You know it. I challenge you while God is speaking to your heart and while you feel the conviction of that Holy Ghost and of that power that's upon you right now. This is what it's all about. This is what that whole plan was about from the very beginning. God wants a people that choose Him. He wants people that love Him because they love Him and they want to love Him, not because they're forced to. That's why He didn't make you a robot. You don't want a wife or a husband that loves you because they feel like they have to. You want somebody that loves you because they're in love with you. Because they chose you. They picked you above everybody else. And that's the very reason why you love them. God wants people to love Him who have chosen about any other. And has made that step and said, Lord, yes, I do want you. And I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I wonder what we're praying right now. How many would be honest before the Lord and say, Lord, I know I need Jesus. I know that I need Him and I'm not in that place right now. But I do want to make the right decision. I want to know that Christ lives within me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ right now. Would you lift up your hand? Just slip it up. Come on. God's speaking to you. 
You slip it up and slip it down. Say, yes, I know. I want to know Jesus. Yes, brother. Are there others? Slip it up. Slip it down. Yes, I see it. Come on. All over this place. Just raise it up. Say, pray for me. I want to be right. I want to know God. I want to know God. By your refusal to lift your hand, you're automatically making the opposite. By your unwillingness to submit, you're saying, no, I won't. And when you do that, God doesn't owe you another thing because He's done everything. He gave His life. He died. Now He's given you an opportunity to accept Him, get rid of your sins. If you refuse that, God technically does not owe you another chance. There's still others that didn't lift your hands yet. God's speaking to you right now. You're faced with a choice. You have to make it. You can't get around it. Once you've heard the word, you have to either say yes or no. God's speaking to you. Are there others that lift your hand with these that already have and say yes? I believe Jesus. I believe Him. I know that it's real and I want to receive Him. Lift it up quickly right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, slip it up. I'm going to sing that chorus. I want you to just remain in this attitude of prayer. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed, looking at Jesus. I want this brother over here and that one back there and those that lifted your hands. As we sing it, step out of your seat and come down to this altar right now. Would you do that? There are many others who did not lift your hands and you know you should have. God spoke to you, but you didn't do it. I want you to slip out and come on right now. Just come down here and offer yourself to Jesus as we sing it. Put your mind on him. He's here right now. God wants to do this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's sing it right now while they come. At the cross. Come on quickly. At the cross. Where I first saw the light. There's still others that lifted your hand. You haven't responded. Come on, make your stand right now. Jesus wants to save you. It was there by faith. I received my sight. Am happy all the day. Glory to God. Oh, at the cross, at the cross, where I first... There's still others that lifted your hand. You said, Brother Mestre, I'm not right with God and I need to be... I want to make the right choice. I want to know Jesus. As we sing it, come on, slip out of your seat and come down to this altar. God will change your life. You won't be the same. Receive my sight and now I am happy all the day. Sing it again. Oh, at the cross, at where I first saw the light and the burden of <clears throat> yes Lord thank you Jesus it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day sing it again oh at at the cross. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. If there are others, come on right now. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. God's giving you that chance to make your choice. To choose Him or to reject Him. 
Hallelujah. And now I am happy all the day. Sing it again. Oh, at the cross. Oh, make that right choice, church. You've got nothing to lose. God is speaking to your heart. Don't put it off. You've got nothing to lose. Come on quickly. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Sing it again. And the bird, my heart, rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't you feel the presence of God here? Sister, come here. I want to pray for you. Would you let me pray for you? Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands to Jesus. Just close your eyes and look to Him. God wants to do something for you. You're going to feel a release of the Holy Spirit coming over you tonight when I pray. There's a mental anguish. I don't understand all of this but I'm sure you do. But sometimes a battle, a warfare, goes on within your mind. This gets very heavy on you. To where the pressure sometimes gets so severe, it just seems like that your mind is going to explode, that you can't stand it. God is here to break the power of this thing and to give you complete liberty in the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here not in any way to hurt or to hinder or to humiliate you, but I'm here to help you and to uplift you. I could even go into more detail in some of the things that you're going through, but that's none of my business, and it's it's between you and the Lord. But you know exactly what I'm referring to. The enemy would like to bring these things upon you to condemn and to hinder and to destroy, but the Lord is your victory and your power. Hallelujah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've even even confronted others with about this and said, Lord, pray, pray for me that the Lord will remove this. This is true, isn't it? Amen. God wants to do it right now. I'm going to believe the Lord for you. And God's going to minister to your need right now in the name of Jesus. And you're going to feel His power also going through your body, down through your back when I pray for you. You have pain that comes in that part of your body sometimes. It gives you a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties. You never really completely overcome it. Sometimes it's not as bad as others. But the Lord's able to remove this and take it out right now in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it gets very severe, but God's here to do it in the name of the Lord. And also, God's going to move a fear off of you, sister. There's a tremendous fear that's gripping your life. Fear of many, many things, even of actually opening yourself up and yielding yourself completely to the Lord because there's been a great hurt in your life and that has caused this fear to come about. But God's able to break it right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe that He's going to. Just stretch your hands toward her, church. And 
Believe God with me right now. Father, I lift this thing up in the name of the Lord. Let your power... Oh, God us. Jesus. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise. Thank you, brother. Glory to God. Lift your hands and let's sing it to a peace. Peace. What? Coming down. Worship him, sister. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And you know, I saw you in the Spirit just a few moments ago. God allowed me to see this, and I'm not going to go into detail trying to explain to you how. Just believe me, it happened. On your knees before the Lord, praying for someone that's in your family that you're bringing before God that needs the Lord very dearly. This is heavy on you. And the Lord wants to do this. And I'm going to pray and have faith with you that He will. And that there's going to be a great accomplishment. But when we agree, something's going to happen in you. Something's going to transpire inside of you. A breaking. Something that's really needed. And I know that you love God. I know that God is real in your heart and your life. There's no question in my mind about that. But there's been just like a barrier that you faced for a long time that you haven't able been able to overcome. You know what I'm talking about. It's been there. You wanted it to release. 
but it hasn't seemed to do that. And this many times can, can be a hindrance to you at the time that you needed God the most to help minister to the lives of these others. And I'm going to pray that God will release this thing right now in the name of Jesus so that you have a complete free flow of the Holy Spirit and that barrier will be broken and that life will know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Do you believe this is going to happen? You really? You know what I'm talking about. Amen. And when it has been there, you said, Oh my, I just wish that hadn't been that way. I wish that had been in a different frame of mind. God's going to do this right now in the name of Jesus. I just sense it in the name of the Lord. Lift your hands with me, church. Father, Shakiri Barato Satala Bahaya. Use oh, hallelujah. Something's happening already, sister. I can feel the glory of God going through you all over you right now. Glory! Jesus, release your power. Woo! Yes, thank you, Lord. Shatala Baranda Rabasaya. Lima Rondo Riasanda Rababa Barando Koriashai. Tede Barando. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Come in, sister. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Lift your hands to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shema Rondo God's going to move through you tonight. And I'm not going into any details whatsoever. But there's a certain thing you're asking the Lord to do, to break, and you were praying tonight while you were sitting right there. When I started to walk away, I felt that just like somebody pulling on my coat. You were praying that God would minister to this need. And that it would come through a spirit of revelation and this would be a confirmation to you and you would know that God had heard you. Well, it's happening right now. This is true. And the Lord is able to do it in your life. You also, God has, has done a work within you, has done a great work, but there's been many, 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 many things that have transpired before that is bringing about part of this difficulty. God's able to remove it right now. Do you believe that? I'm telling you the truth. This is true, isn't it? Amen. Praise God. God's going to do it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, let the Spirit of God... God, reach in. This thing is a spirit that's come up. And you're going to be relaxed tonight after we pray like you never have before. Hallelujah. That thing's going to be wiped out right now in the name of Jesus. I break your power, devil. Every hindering force in Jesus' name, loosen. Oh, glory to God. Sarababarando riasaya. Shikaramamando riasaya. Praise the name of the Lord. There's somebody here tonight. I don't know where you are. God didn't show me exactly where you are, but you've been having pains that come across your heart area here. They shoot. And you've been frightened over it. If you come up here right now, God's going to do something for you. Praise the Lord. Don't let the enemy keep you in your seat. I know you're here. Praise God. Come here. Praise God. Lift up your hands. You're the one. 
Come on, Mother. God will touch you too. But the devil is just trying to scare you to death is what's happening. I really honestly believe the pain that you felt is not even a heart pain. But the enemy is bringing fear, tremendous fear upon you to make you feel like this thing is going to happen. And we're going to pray. 